uh, might I say spiritual hunger, it's an interesting thing. I think it's exactly the opposite of physical hunger in this way. You know, if I haven't eaten for a while, I'm so hungry, I mean, I, I, I could eat a, a two by four, right? I'm just so hungry, I gotta eat something, right? You stop doing the disciplines and feeding yourself on God's word, you lose the interest in it. The more you do spiritual disciplines, the hunger grows to know more of God. Hi, this is Ben Lowell, and welcome to Back to the Bible, Canada's Truth in Life Today. And we're continuing our conversation this week with Dr. John Newfeld and Isaac Dagno about hope. And we talked about last week, you know, there's so many things that can cause us to despair. So many things that we see in the news, uh, uh, just uh, tragedies of life that, uh, that surround us. And because the world is so small, we seem to hear about everything. So we have to ask ourselves, where do we find hope? And, and, and how do we define biblical hope? And I'm going to welcome uh, Dr. John and Isaac again this week. And John, maybe I can go back to ask you to do a little bit of the same thing you did last time. Just help us define hope again so we can get started with the right foundation. What is biblical hope? Yeah, I mean, I, I began by saying last week that I think uh, Titus 2.13 really defines it well for us. The blessed hope of the church is the soon appearance of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Our hope is not in this world, but it is in the world to come. Mm -hmm. Our hope rests in a person, Christ himself, mm -hmm. who will come and rule and reign, and uh, his kingdom shall never end, and all who put their trust in him will find that they are invited into his eternal kingdom to rule and reign with him. So Ben, everyone who treasures that hope, makes it their own, mm -hmm. that person has an undying hope and they are optimistic. They have courage, optimism, mm -hmm. because they know mm -hmm. their best days are ahead. Yeah, so probably right, right, from the, right from the starting point, where for most people, particularly if they're not believers, we're probably redefining hope altogether. Well, they have to, yeah. because if you're an unbeliever, I mean, I've often wondered how unbelievers honestly deal with funerals, because hope has just been extinguished for that person, and whenever, you know, Ernest Hemingway say, ask not for whom the bell tolls, it tolls for thee. So, you know, you also know that, my goodness gracious, when I go to a funeral, that's my future as well. So I don't know that an unbeliever can ever say my best days are ahead. Mm. I mean, I think, their best days are behind them, some good things happened, mm -hmm. but I'm getting progressively older mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm standing before the wall of extinguishment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what hope can be there, so we, so we end up filling our lives with trivialities. Mm -hmm. You know, I want a new car, I'm gonna take a vacation somewhere, I'm gonna introduce a pleasure in my life I've never had before. Right. Now, all those things, I mean, they, they, they are used to supplant hope because hope is, doesn't exist for them. Yeah. So we live for pleasure rather than hope. And there's also that sense, and Isaac, maybe you can comment on this, that I think uh, hope is living above feeling. And I think so much of our, I don't know, temporary hope that we have in this world is really based upon how do I feel today? Oh, totally. How is the world going for yeah. me? And if things are going well, I'm hopeful for the future. Yep. Things aren't going well, all of a sudden I'm in Dismay despair. Dismay and discouragement. And yeah, as Don says that too, I love that. It's talking about Titus and how it defines the blessed hope is in that second coming of Christ. And I think this is important to speak into. There are a lot of people that do have things going for them, and they have sort of set their hope on, you know, they're getting good grades in university or college. They've just started dating someone. That's really exciting. Because you can remember when you started dating your wives and the excitement there was there, all these different things. And when they're told to rest in the future hope, 
that we have, which is the second coming of Jesus, in the moment, it doesn't seem as good as what's coming for them in the next couple years, to be honest. And I think a lot of people are there too, where this hope, this biblical hope that obviously is far outweighs these trivial hopes now. This future hope, it's on a shelf up there, dusty. They don't see it. Um, I would counsel myself as a young adult and any other young adult um, to look past those things if they are there, if you have good things coming, rejoice in that. Thank God for them. That's great. But look past that and dwell on this future hope of Jesus and let it completely overwhelm you because it will. Yeah. 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 It's interesting. Um, you know, some people would suggest that, you know, we find hope in the church. Uh, that, uh, you know, if, if, if I'm in despair or whatever the case might be, if I go to the, go to the church, that's where I'm going to find uh, relief from these things. Many people go there and find out that that's not true at all, yeah. that their hope can't be in the church. But it seems incongruous, can you say that, to think that there's not hope and there is the church. They are combined, but they're not combined. Our hope can't be in the church. Can no, I mean, the, the hope is not the church. The hope is Christ. I mean, we, we argue for Christ alone, not Christ plus the church, although Christ builds a church. So we are a community of hope, but the hope is not the community. The hope is what the community hopes in, yes? Okay. So I, you know, I want to make very clear on that. And Ben, sometimes, you know, since we're talking about the church, I have found sometimes churches don't exhibit hope well. So there is a mentality that sometimes runs through churches that views us as on our heels. You know, there's, there's this big bad world out there, and yes, the world is filled with evil. And so we, we think about, you know, the philosophies that are out there that militate against Christ. And then we think about some places where a church is struggling and we're saying, oh no, what's going to happen to the church? And then we start worrying, what's going to happen to my kids? Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, what are they going to live with? What's the future all about? And they, you know, they start worrying and wringing their hands. And it's because they keep on looking and hoping for something in this world to give them that glimmer yeah. rather than in, in Christ. So when, when Isaac talked about it, it's a very interesting conversation, you know, this whole idea that, you know, you got a young person that's ready to get married. And they're saying, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward with optimism mm -hmm. and zeal for mm -hmm. this relationship that's developing. And I want to say, yeah, have all yeah, the totally. optimism in the yeah. world. But down the road, here's what you're going to find about that person. Yeah. They were born in sin, mm. and there's more sin in them than you'd ever imagined. <laughs> and furthermore, they're going to see more in you than you've ever imagined. Mm. In the end, you're going to find out that what keeps you going is things like grace yeah. and the understanding that one day that he who has begun a good work in you will carry it on to completion. That's good. In the end of the day, your relationship with that person is also completely bound up in what Christ will do in the future. Mm. And so whenever we, we take the, you know, the, 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 the present day hope away from the future hope, it, it crashes and burns and leaves us in despair. And that's what we see, yeah. uh, see everywhere. Yeah. And that's why it's so important for churches to constantly proclaim that because that's part of the gospel. Yeah. And we need to proclaim that because I was thinking in my head, it's like you can't have hope without the church because God has made a Christian, it's part of their uh, time on earth to be part of a local church. You can't have hope without the church, but you can definitely have church without hope which Absolutely. we see many churches like that. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And it's interesting, isn't it, that, that, that we see people uh, evaluate their churches based upon how successful they are, how good things are going. And when things aren't going necessarily well, we move on because there's no hope left there. And, yeah. and I, I think, you know, we can become confused as to 
What, what does the church really offer us, or what should it offer us? Well, I think the church has to offer us a couple of things. And, you know, partly of what you're talking about is sometimes people do end up being very discouraged in their local church and then move on. It is mm -hmm. true. And I, I want to heap less scorn on that. I mean, I think there are, are reasons for staying, and there is a time if, if your church is no longer teaching Scripture, and you start worrying. I mean, you know, you start worrying about your kids, your grandkids, and what happens in such an empty shell mm. where the truth of God's Word isn't being applied to people's right. hearts. I mean, in the end, it leaves this deep, bitter emptiness where you're doing a ritual, and the ritual carries on, but the content is gone. Yeah. So in that case, I mean, I get it. Yeah. There's no hope there, right? But when there is a proclamation of God's Word always leading us to the second coming, and maybe I'd say beyond the second coming, to the eternal life that we have with Christ, a, a robust theology of heaven and the life that is to come. Yeah. I mean, somewhere in all of that, I mean, I'm, I'm going to argue that there's this eternal wellspring that God has placed in us just is bubbling up all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. Can't be any otherwise. Let me ask you in our last few minutes today, uh, how can we leave people with, with perhaps tools for making sure their hope is before them all the time. Perhaps what do you do or what would you suggest people do or, or participate in to make that hope a reality before them all the time? Get a copy of my sermon series on heaven. <laughs> there's a, there's it is a, a great bit. series. It is a great series. <laughs> but really, I, a lot of people have never known that, and I think you yeah. need to drink of that deeply. Yes. Just drink of it. And, and I, I want to reinforce that because so many of the uh, comments we've gotten regarding that series in heaven is, People have never thought about heaven Correct. and what the Bible teaches about heaven, and they have all these false understandings of what heaven is about. And often it doesn't feel like a hopeful place because it feels so mechanical or whatever the case might be. So, yeah, so man, if you understand what eternity is, yeah. that's going to give you a, a, just a wellspring of hope. Totally. Right? Yeah. 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 What other things might we do? Well, I mean, <laughs> I mean prayer and, and reading of the word. Though, I mean, that's the answer develop to Develop the disciplines, right? The, Just develop the disciplines. Exactly. Develop the disciplines. Yeah. 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 I mean, authentically and genuinely with a, a, a new hunger. And if you're watching this right now, we're telling you, like, this is what you should be hungry for. Tell your soul this is what it, it's hungry for because it is. Your mind just gets in the way all the time. Uh, and, and seek that future hope when you're reading the Word and when you're praying. Uh, might I say spiritual hunger, it's an interesting thing. I think it's... It, exactly the opposite of physical hunger in this way. You know, if I haven't eaten for a while, I'm so hungry, I mean, I, I, I could eat a, a two by four, right? I'm just so hungry, I gotta eat something, right? You stop doing the disciplines and feeding yourself on God's word, you lose the interest in it. The more you do spiritual disciplines, the hunger grows to know more of God. And isn't that physiologically true though as well? Isn't it at some point when you're starving, you actually lose your appetite? and you don't even know you're hungry anymore you're just before you die. Isn't that, isn't that a shame? Yeah. Now, I'd want to go back to something you talked about last week and, and friendship, because I think that's really critical in, in, in our pursuit of happiness and wholeness and hope. Yeah, and when you think about friendship, I mean, so much of, uh, you ask anyone in the, in the world or whatever what friendship is, and they'll say things like mutual interests. They will talk about accountability and encouragement, but a biblical friendship, you start to imitate Jesus's compassion, sacrifice, and even fearlessness. And what I mean by that is this, hmm. Paul and Peter, Peter's uh, up in Antioch and he's eating with the Gentiles. And then some Jews come up and he starts to fear man and he goes and starts hanging out with the Jews. Paul was a, a biblical friend and he rebukes 
Peter to his face for what he did. And I think that's beautiful. Galatians 6.1 also says, if you see a brother in uh, transgression, restore him in a spirit of gentleness. That is part of biblical friendship. You're, you're helping your friend uh, hope in the world to come rather than hoping in the, uh, uh, the praise and the glory of man here. Right. So that's part of biblical friendship. Sacrifice, compassion, and fearlessness in that. Well, there's a lot of good stuff there. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate that. It's, it's given me new hope. Amen. It has. And uh, join us again next week. We look forward to, actually in the weeks to come, making some exciting announcements about Truth and Life today. So you can check out all of our past episodes at backtothebible.ca, but make sure to join us again next week. God bless. We hope you're enjoying the new Truth and Life Today show with Dr. John Newfeld. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode each week. But we want you to be involved in the show. To submit your own personal questions to Dr. John, you can email us at info at backtothebible.ca or find us on Facebook by searching Truth and Life Today.